right, we are here for our 11th episode of Ask Wholesale, and we have special guests. Mitzi Diane. That's right, and we have some three awesome questions that we're gonna answer on this episode. One of them was what, one? Uh, we're gonna talk about how to increase your fees. How do you increase your fees? That's right, and... Uh, Where do you find bird dogs, and how do you compensate them? That's right. And then the last question we went over was, uh, where do you put your deals? Where do you get uh, attraction for your deals, sell your deals, and get great exposure for them? So keep watching. Oh, and you're also going to find out the educators that influenced our young, impress. Imp What's the word I'm looking for, Marco? <laughs> impressionable. <laughs> impressionable lives. There you go. Impressionable lives. That's right. So you got to stick to the end for that fun question. So we'll see you uh, on this episode of Ask Wholesale. Okay, we are at uh, episode 11 of our Ask Wholesale show, and we have a featured special guest with us, Mitzi Diane. Hi, guys. Yeah, she's a killer, killer uh, wholesaler here in San Antonio in the lo local market, but she also does deals all over the place in all kinds of different markets. So we're very happy and excited to have you. Thank and you. Can you believe we're at episode 11 already? I can believe it. That's crazy. Like, double digits. Double digits. I know I said that in the last one, but... I'm still pretty blown away by it. He's trying to get into all of them. He wants to be the special guest, <laughs> the speaker, and the third person. Should say, Ask Wholesale starring Juan Bustos. <laughs> That's right. Guest starring everybody else. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right? That's why we got we to gotta sw switch our people out, because th these guys, their heads get way too big. I don't know, man. People don't get tired of seeing me. <laughs> Yeah, that's Juan's true. Juan's talk show. Juan's <laughs> talk show. Okay, so we're going to get straight into it. We have our first question from Ruben, and his question is, where do you place your deals? So either you want to jump into that? You want to go first, Mitzi, since you're our guest? <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I'm assuming the question is asking, like, where do we go to sell our deals that we have? Yeah, uh, where do we market the deals? Where do you get exposure? So I, I do it on Craigslist and Facebook, and I really make it um, known that it's a contract for sale because as a wholesaler, we do not sell houses. Every once in a while, I'll actually buy the house, and I will be the owner. Um, but most of the time, it's an assignment, and we just have an interest to purchase the property. So and that's, that's important because there's been a law change here in Texas recently where there's yeah. a stipulation between you can't broker houses. Uh, but you can advertise your contract, so you got to make sure you're advertising your contract rather than the property itself. Yeah, they've been really cracking down on wholesalers and how they're coming about, um, how they're going about selling the the, the interest in the property because they're just, I, you know what? I really think it's coming from a lot of uh, a lot of brokers that are really upset about wholesalers making these yeah, large probably. fees, yeah, where they're so. only making three percent, six percent. You know, um, yeah. it's like Uber in the taxi taxi industry. Yeah, exactly. Taxi's pretty mad at Uber, and Uber's just like, "Hey, man, exactly. I'm just trying to make money. Yeah. I don't know why you're mad I'm at me." I'm just trying to get people around, man. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I actually, I'm going to be changing some of that because I've been talking to like three lawyers, and what's interesting is you'll get three different answers. Sure. If you talk to three different lawyers about how to do things, so I'm going to be changing that a little bit more. 
where I won't be uh, doing it as much on Facebook. And if it's on Facebook, it'll be very uh, just, hey, we got a contract for sale in this area. Please let me know if you're interested. More in general. Else. Yeah, very more general. Um, and, uh, and so that is how I'm going to be changing. And then um, I have a really large buyers list. Um, I get about three to five cash buyers a day to add on to it. So it just continues to grow. So I usually have my deals sold even before I put them on Facebook, but it's just another way to keep on continuing to grow my cash buyers list. Um, but Craigslist, Facebook, um, reaching out to the buyers I already have and ones that continue to come in on through my website is pretty much. So the, the fundamental ones. Yes, yes. Because that's all you, if you got a good deal, it doesn't matter where you, where you put it, it's gonna move. You yeah. could put that. You could put that on the the flea market of San Antonio, Pulgar of San Antonio, and it'll move. I, I get that. Sometimes I'll post it on Facebook. I'll post a deal on Facebook, and uh, I get people from, you know, from the Pulgar of San Antonio just oh messaging me. Say, and what really bothers me is you put the price point, and then they, the first question is always, "Hey, how much is this?" I don't know. What does the price say? Hey, man, that's so negotiating. That negotiating one hundred and one. And pretend like you didn't see a price. Yeah. Or the so, any of the ad. <laughs> well, I've, I've done it before where I'll add an extra $3,000 to what I posted as the price, and they'll be like, but your ad says 65 <laughs> Then? Yeah. Oh, oh, so you did know. So you did know the entire time. So where do we place our deals? What do we do to get exposure when we get contracts? So we typically use MailChimp, the email blast mm -hmm. uh, software. Uh, so that's the first thing we do is we just blast it in an email using MailChimp. Um, it's a pretty great source. And then we'll use Facebook. We'll use uh, Craigslist as well. Uh, we'll go down the MailChimp master investor list and we'll just start calling and texting people. Uh, one that we recently started using that I started putting a little bit more focus on is uh, ConnectedInvestors.com. So that's like a Facebook for investors, literally, like you just, you can add people, you can send friend requests, you can message people about certain deals, you can post your listings and it'll tell you who are you, are you the realtor, are you the contract holder, are you the, are, are you the owner, who are you that you're posting it, and um, you get a lot of views, and I've gotten some, I've gotten some interest on some of the properties that we've had recently on there, so, um, and then whoever reaches out to me about a certain property, I'll just add them to our buyers list. So that way when we do the email blast, when we do the primary email blast, they'll get it right away. So that's that's where we've been focusing on a lot is uh, social media and email. What I would uh, highlight and bring distinction to and what you said is the fact that after we do the email blast, calling and texting each person on our list, what you don't ever want to do is be kind of resting or being almost lazy in the sense that you're putting it on Facebook and you're putting it you know, you do your email blast and then you're waiting for people to come to you. You need to always be taking the action to go find the people. So calling down each and every single person, texting each and every single person on your list is how you're gonna generate interest, not only for that deal, but then you'll get an update on each person so that you can prepare to line up the next person with the next deal. So always be proactive, don't be reactive. No, yes. Not only that, but a lot of the time, when I first started doing this and we started, I started calling through the list on the, on the MailChimp list, at first a lot of the buyers that I was calling were, no, I didn't see that email, resend it. You know for mm -hmm. a fact that they saw it, right? They, they got it because they're on your list. You know they got it. So they're not, they're, they're not seeing it because they're just kind of ignoring it, right? They're like, nah, another, another email blast, another email blast. 
But if you make it a point to actually call each and every one of them and send a text message to each and every one of them and say, hey, I sent you an email, did you get it? Hey, I sent you an email, did you get it? Uh, they'll start paying more and more attention to your emails because they know that you're actively getting these deals and you're actively trying to get these deals sold. It's not just a, just some you know, target junk mail email blast. So they'll start paying attention to the emails. I've noticed that because uh, on MailChimp, you can track the clicks and who opens the, the emails and all that. I've noticed that since we started doing that, since we started calling them one by one, it's increased the number of people that open it and look at it and click around and look at the comps and the, the video links and all that stuff that we have on the emails. They'll, like, that number has gone from, like, seven in a 24-hour period to, like, 25 in a 24-hour period and then 30 and 40. So if you start doing that, people will start paying more attention to that. So that that's really important. Is uh, I, I do that too. Is making sure I have someone calling and texting the buyers uh, whenever we get a deal in. And I forgot myhousedeals.com. Oh yeah, yeah. Myhousedeals.com. They call me every once in a while. Hey, is this one still available? No, I think that one's sold. <laughs> so well, I we do that one too. I think mm -hmm. I think Ed's in charge of that one. So. All right, so now let's go to the second question, which I like this one, all right? Uh, this question is, how can I increase my fees on my wholesale deals? He, he likes I to love, think he's I, Mr. I, Negotiator. I so love how he look looks at, at me. Right he, he knows the right place to look, too. He said, well, let's just, let's just ask <laughs> like the best negotiator Like I said, i got to be careful <laughs> on who I bring on these videos. I mean, the, these heads are getting bigger and bigger over here. So, yeah, I'll take lead on that one. Why not? Um, the best way to increase your fees is to just just your negotiation tactics. Pick up some books about negotiating, and um, I'm reading I'm reading one right now. Even though, you know, all jokes aside, I think I'm a pretty decent negotiator. I'm not the best in the world, but I you know I'd like to think that I'm pretty decent. Even though I know that I can negotiate pretty decent fees, I'm still reading negotiation books because it's an art. It's not just something that uh, it's not just something that happens. You have to practice it. You can mm -hmm. practice it. So if the the harder you increase the 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 more you increase your negotiation tactics, the bigger fees you're gonna get. Because you're gonna be able to knock people down on price. I mean, one of the main one of the main things I do is I just I hit them three times in the first conversation on their price. That's the first thing. And Marco taught me that one, um, hitting them three times on their price. And I know it works because Marco's not the only one who said it. Where I've read other negotiation nah, books. I'm the, pretty sure. Pretty sure I was the one well. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're the one who invented the technique. There you go. There you go. I'll take. They that. just they just kind of borrowed <laughs> it. <laughs> That's right. So so I mean I've I've read it I've really read it in other places where hey hit them more than once on the price the first mm -hmm. conversation, and most of the time, and even Aaron has I've listened to one of Aaron's conversation where he knocked somebody down from eighty five to sixty five in one conversation by hitting them three times on the price he knocked them down twenty grand, and it's just. We needed it like at, I think seventy. So by by the end of the first conversation, it was we were already five five extra five thousand dollars extra. So that's how you increase the fees is just negotiation tactics, techniques, challenging everything that they that they want. Hey, you want a quick closing? Cool. Get me a lower price. Hey, you want uh you want no headaches, no repairs? Cool. Get me a lower price. Everything, everything, everything that they want. 
Cool, lower price. Cool, lower price. And always working on uh, improving your negotiation skills is critical and very important because you need to always be improving and getting better. I mean, Juan over here, like he was saying, he was reading uh, this negotiation book and uh, gave him the idea to go negotiate. And that guy looked like Jeff Bezos right behind <laughs> us over here. I'm like, world's richest man. I know, right? <laughs> What's he doing here? Hey, call that guy in here, right? <laughs> yeah, show me some negotiation techniques. Uh, but anyway, he was reading this book and it gave him the idea to negotiate with HEB. And so he went to HEB and he was negotiation, uh, negotiating uh, their beer price to a lower lower price. So, hey, you always be practicing, always Did be improving. Work? Yeah, it worked. I mean, it wasn't a big discount. I think it was like two bucks, two or three bucks or something like that. Hey, that's like a that. discount, man. He, yeah, it was like it was like 11:45 at night. I went to HEB. It was like one cash register. Which open. is our grocery store, by the way. If you're not in yeah, Texas if you're not from Texas, HEB is. Well, I mean, it's HEB. Yeah. So, they, but they don't negotiate. Yeah, they they typically don't negotiate. But imagine it's like a Walmart of Texas, but Walmart is a Walmart of Texas. Anyways, so I'm standing in line and the the total comes out to like 20 bucks and I'm like, hey, so what's the best deal you can give me than that? And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, can you give me a discount? She's like, no. I was like, I know you have an employee discount. Just apply it. Well, I have to ask my manager. I was like, well, luckily he's standing right <laughs> over there. So we call him over. He's like, whatever. The line's getting longer to 11.45, 15 minutes before they close. And he's like, whatever. Just give him a discount. Give, gave the, it's like a 10% employee discount. I got like two, three bucks discount. It was pretty great. And I was like, cool. And uh, I went home. I mean, it's not a big discount, but hey, I hey. just had him pay full price, right? Then you, so. then you saw the candy bar. You're like, I want this for free. Yeah. And I want this soda. I want this for price. I want this for free for making me wait and making me, making me look like a jerk in front of these guys. <laughs> <There you laughs> <go. That's laughs> Should awesome. just given it to me right away. So. So what what book was that? Uh, the Ten Commandments of Negotiation by Stephen. I can't pronounce his last yeah, name. Aranio. Arano. I get emails from him all the time, but it's a really, really good book. It's pretty good, so. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'd like to add to that. So it's also increasing your buyers and the kind of buyers you have, mm -hmm. um, because there's more than just rehabbers and landlords. Uh, there's people who are the end buyer, the, the retail buyer, the ones who want to live in that house and want to keep it. They don't want to resell it, and they don't mind fixing it up and making it their own. Um, I was one of those people, so I know how that is. Uh, I bought a house thinking I got a great deal, and pretty much I just bought it for the amount of less than what the repairs were that I had. To, so it was like I bought a retail house, it, it, and I thought I did great. Um, but it, I'm not sure, did that make sense? Sure. Said, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's increasing the kinds of buyers you have, because sometimes you have a deal that just doesn't quite fit the wholesale formula, So, or even if it does, if you have, um, like the other day, I, there, there was a bidding war and I had these two people come in that just want to keep the house for themselves. So they went um, 10500 over my asking price so that they could have the house. And that didn't fit a normal That's rehabber. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, amount. So yeah. So, and then that happened on a house two days before that too. They went up another 11000 to get the house, and it was a what empire. are we doing and wrong he, to and get and people and here, to do and that he, for us? And here I thought I was a good negotiator. <laughs> wow, I'm just gonna go sit in the corner now. <laughs> but yeah, it, but the, both of them were t ended up being end buyers. That their boyfriend happened to also be a contractor, so they didn't have to worry about. Sure. Yeah. So. The, and plus, just having more buyers just give you more gives you more flexibility, more power in your contracts. You're not desperate trying to move it to this one person that's very, 
you know, particular and is going to hammer you on price or whatever, the more buyers you have, the more flexibility you have, plus the different types of deals you can do. If you come across a, a commercial or small multifamily or whatever, you know, instead of saying, hey, I don't have anyone for that, if you have a good buyer's list, you can capitalize on every lead that comes in. So cool, I like that one too. All right, so now we are, we are on question number three, and the third question is, how do you go about finding, using, and compensating bird dogs? And I'll take the lead on this one, and then y'all can jump in wherever you want. Uh, with bird dogs, so bird dogs are typically people that uh, aren't necessarily uh, working for you in the sense of bringing the contract and, or bringing the buyer, those type of things. They're usually people that are giving you um, a little bit of a filtered lead. Maybe not necessarily to a contract, but they've given you, they've done some homework on a lead in, of some sort. Either they've done some driving for dollars, maybe a little bit of skip tracing where they've gotten a phone number, maybe they've had some initial conversation. Uh, and typically bird, dog, uh, bird dogs are people that don't have all the knowledge of how to put a deal together, but they're willing to put in the time and effort to generate some leads and then they're building a relationship with you where you can then take their lead and take the work that they've done to bring it all the way to a successful closing and then create a win-win scenario where everyone gets paid. Uh, for us, we, when we work with bird dogs, we write them directly into our assignment so that they just have a, a payout on that. It's a predetermined price point, determined on uh, what we've agreed upon, what type of lead they're giving us, how much work they've done. It could be 500, 1,000, it could be a percentage of the deal itself. But um, what I would say is before you develop your relationship, have very, a very specific conversation with your bird dog so you know exactly what they're doing and they know what's exactly expected of them and uh, try and give them direction because the problem with a lot of those type of people is they don't have all the information, they're dealing in a lot of theory and there's a lot of holes in how, how in their mind how a deal works. So they wanna go off and do a little bit of everything. They're gonna try this, they're gonna try that. What you can do is uh, by getting the most uh, effectiveness out of them and say, all I want you to do is focus strictly on driving for dollars and I want you to focus on this zip code and I want you to make sure you fill out in this Excel these six critical pieces of information. Or if you're gonna do skip searching, we want you to do it in this manner or whatever. But give very specific instructions so you can kinda get the most out of them. So that's kinda my feedback on bird dogs. Um, so how do I go about finding, using, compensating bird dogs? Interesting, but my sellers usually become bird dogs. <laughs> oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, my sellers know that I'm a wholesaler. They know what I'm doing the whole time. And so after it gets done, they're like, what do I do to, to help you out? Is there anything I can do to help you out in doing this? And I'm like, yeah. And I'll mention the bird dog position. And one of them was a sheriff. And he actually has to vacate uh, houses that are full of squatters. Oh, and okay. so he just sends me the information of that house. It was like, hey, I just had to get rid of some more squatters. That's awesome. Here's the, he'll send me the tax information, the person's name and number, and the Dang. address. He's an amazing bird dog. Um, and it, it's also, I do it on the assignment contract. I, I add it on there. Uh, so they're paid at title um, after closing. And um, with him, I, I just tell him, do your territory. Just send me what you have. And then um, garbage men, mailmen, like today, uh, there was a mailman, he was new, and he was at my, the office that I'm remodeling right now, and uh, 
and he was like, yeah, there's so many vacant houses around here because he thought my office was vacant. Sure. And I was like, no, it's not. And he goes, yeah, there's so many vacants. I don't know which ones are not, which ones are for sure. And he was like, we have a list of them at the post office. I was like, really? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> here's my card. Your ears uh, perked up. <laughs> yeah, and, and so he's already sent me three houses since, right. uh, since about an hour ago. And, um, and so I, I usually try to find ones that are already doing stuff with houses and know about them, like garbage men will know too, the saws guy, the San Antonio yeah. water system, they'll know, CPS, they'll know, um, which is, uh, what is it, Calaveras Power System, it's an uh, electric company here in San Antonio. Um, you, you find these individuals and you let them know, hey, this is what's going on, or even somebody in the mortgage department that knows foreclosures, um, anything like that. I like to take advantage of those kind of bird dogs. Those are awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, when a, a little while back when I was working with another company, uh, one of the guys on my team, um, we, were, we were doing a ton of bandit signs at the time, and he would, uh, he got in contact with one of the city like electrical guys, uh, I don't know if they were with CPS, but they had one of those cranes where they would like stand in it and they would like go up to reach, you know, power lines and, you know, tall structures or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so he was paying this guy to put his bandit signs like way the hell up there <laughs> on these <laughs> awesome. so that they can never be torn down, those kind of <laughs> things. And the guy uh, that was using the crane or whatever, he loved it. He was like, hell yeah, how many signs you got? He, he was excited to do it. So yeah, <laughs> always be on the lookout. You never know who you're going to run into and how y'all can uh, create value for each other. See, I feel, like, I feel like bandit signs that high up would be almost ineffective. I mean, I don't know how effective those were. I mean, if they're, if they're that high up, somebody's going to have to like, kind of... Hey, but they're going to gonna last the test of time. They're going to be there forever. <laughs> yeah. Not, not too high, just kind of high. Yeah. Not to where so, people I mean, can't reach them. Oh, okay. I was like, so Shaq will definitely know that he buys houses. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I like to use, when it comes to bird dogs, I like to use mailmen and contractors. My yeah, mom's contractors. My mom's boyfriend is a contractor, and he's constantly, hey, we went to go do a bid on a house. This guy might sell it. Hey, we went to go do a bid on a house. This guy might sell it. Hey, I was driving by to a to a bid and I saw like three vacant properties and they're always sending me different properties and I'm trying to, you know, uh, always writing them down, trying to reach out to them and whatnot. And, and it helps that he knows everybody in San Antonio too. Apparently this guy knows everybody. So he's like, he's like Aaron Senior. So oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, so he, he knows a lot of people. So uh, mailmen, contractors, um, and the way I compensate them, I just tell them I do anywhere between. I, I tell them it really depends on the deal. I don't ever actually give them a number, but specifically, I, I like to stick to around the two fifty, two hundred and fifty dollars if they don't do a lot of work. If they give me like a nice strong lead where it's like, hey, here's the phone number, here's the address, the seller's actually motivated to sell. They want to talk to somebody about selling. To me, that's a strong lead. That's a hot lead. So I'm willing to pay them up. I'm willing up to pay them up to five hundred. Seven fifty, a thousand dollars, depending on how strong the lead is, and depending on how much work they did. If they give me a really, really good one, that's how. It's that's like all Julian. Julian gets you uh, some like every time he has a lead, it's almost a deal, and you pay him a thousand, right? Yeah, we pay him about a thousand. Yeah, we pay him about a thousand if it turns into a deal. Sometimes he, I think his like uh, he's partners with uh, somebody in code compliance, so they see code compliance uh, potential houses, and then and then they talk to the owners and then when the owner's like, yeah, I would like to sell, then he sends it to us and then we we pay him so it's like a win-win. There's one that he sent us where the guy, the seller, supposedly sold it for more than what we offered him and that was like 
six or seven months ago that he sold it and I drove by the other day and it was still like almost a teardown. I was like, I thought he sold it to somebody who was going to fix it. So I called him up and he's like, yeah, I sold it, but I haven't gotten the money for it yet and I haven't signed it over. I was like, so you haven't sold it? <laughs> I was like, that, that. you keep saying you sold it. I don't think you know what that means. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, so if Juan can't get the contract, he takes it personal. He drives by every <laughs> single person that said no. He's checking on everybody. Sandy, I send the sellers candies and flowers yeah. and a, a mixtape with that song, Baby Come Back. There you go. Right there. With the boombox, so you hold yeah, the boombox up. Exactly. There you go. So but yeah, I take it I get I get upset if I don't get a contract. It's like a it's like a competition thing for me with myself. So Alright. Well to raise your spirits, let's go into our fun question then. Who was your favorite teacher growing up and why? So who wants to go first? You can go first. Mine was my science teacher. Uh, I was actually pre-med major, not sure if anybody knows that I was about to have my degree. It was one semester away. I was going to go to medical school and then I changed it to finance. But science fascinates me. Oh, yeah? I love science. And then my teacher was just... All science or particular science? Um, biology, how the body works. And I like, I like metaphysical kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just like knowing how things work. So yeah, yeah I guess almost all science. Um, and then, uh, but this teacher ju was just as passionate as oh, I was yeah? about science, so she brought that to the, the classroom, and I loved it. What grade was this? Uh, eighth grade. Eighth grade. That's awesome. So yeah. she planted the seed. That was it when it happened, huh? Mm -hmm. Well, I think I was always I guess that's true. If that way, If but you like something, that's always part of you. Yeah. She just cultivated it a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those those are the best ones. Those are the ones, the teachers that spark that fire in you are the, are the ones that 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 probably leave the biggest mark on you so and her name was miss allen i don't think she even knew that she was my favorite teacher oh really yeah oh wow wow well now you gotta do a shout out to her yeah what was her Say name hey miss allen Ms. from allen. canton texas there you go <laughs> good job miss allen good job <laughs> i'll say for, for me really quick i had a lot of good teachers but one that was the most memorable for me uh, was my kindergarten teacher i think her name was like miss alfonso well, that was a long time ago um <laughs> But I remember one time, and this is me, my young brain, that she made it rain, and I just thought, oh my God, this lady has magical powers. Oh, it was like, like she just brought a bunch of well, ones this is to what this is what she happened. She made there it rain money? Or <laughs> there was a story, okay? So one of the things we did as a kid um, was uh, we were pretend we were going through the jungle, and with each like action, or with each like part of the story, we had to do an action. So. Like if we were running through the jungle, she would like make us like hit our thighs and act like we were running. And then we were like climbing up the tree. We all had to do this. And we're in kindergarten, right? So they're trying to get the kids to, you know, be active and whatever. We're like looking at the trees and then we might see a lion. She makes the whole class do these things. So we go on this like uh, adventure that she kind of leads us through. And she said, by the end of this like adventure, it's going to rain outside. Which, it probably was just like really fucking cloudy outside and like it was already kind of drizzling and stuff. But in my like five-year-old brain, I'm like, oh, okay, let's see. Let's see these, let's see if it's gonna rain. So we did it, you know, and then we did the thing and then sure enough, at the end, it, it rained. It rained and I was like, oh my God, this teacher, 
Who is this teacher? Marco, that was the sprinkler system, Marco. That was the sprinkler system. Somebody with a hose (laughs) going up there. But I always remember that. That was uh, pretty awesome when I was young. That's that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Like that that leaves an impression on you, especially as a kid. Yeah. And just say, hey, it's this is what's gonna happen. I guess as you're you're so older, So then when I would go thinking, home, I'm like over here. I'm like, okay, it's gonna rain soon, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like a rain dance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my rain dance. You know, in, in kindergarten, I had a little bit of a speech problem, so I couldn't say certain things. So uh-huh. all I know, my kindergarten teacher's name was Miss Pifra. Pifra? That's what I remember. That's I awesome. I don't even remember what her real name was, but I remember her name was Miss Pifra. Miss Pifra. That's awesome. I love Ms. that. That's funny. Yeah. Man, um, my favorite teacher, it's hard to say because I was, a lot of teachers didn't like me in high school <laughs> or in school. I, I can see why. Well, yeah. I'm, you see, here's the thing. I've always been really rebellious. I've always been, and, and I think one of the things that they didn't like the most about it was that I was really good. I'm really good at making sense, like just being logical about the way I explain myself. Mm-hmm. And um, In your head, you think that. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, constantly like, what the hell are you saying? None of that makes sense. Well, like, okay, like Robin, my girlfriend, she's always like, oh, I hate how you make, like, Everything you're saying is making sense, but it's not what I want you to say, so it bothers her. So, and but I've always been like that. I've yeah. always been really good at making sense, and the teachers are always—they were always trying to get me to do things that I didn't feel the need to do. Like I just—I didn't feel the need to do a lot of a lot like a lot of the schoolwork. I knew what I was doing. I'm not, you know, I wasn't dumb in high school. So they and I would always like argue my way out of like doing assignments and homework and all this stuff. And they you would they get out of it. doing homework. Yeah, are you kidding me? I graduated top ten percent. <laughs> I never opened a book. Like, <laughs> like I hey, never opened a book. If you can get book. a discount on beer and get out of homework, <laughs> you gotta watch out for this. I know guy. that's what I'm saying. But, but I do remember. I do remember. I had one teacher who was was aware of my like. She could. I. She could just see my bullshit. She was just like this guy. He's just. He's just funny, right? Two teachers actually. Uh, one of them was named Mrs. Uh, Miss Garza, and she got married, so it's Mrs. Mrs. Garcia now. Um, and she just always thought, like, she was the only English teacher that thought that I was just a gem. All the other English teachers hated me. First of all, my high school sweetheart's mom was an English teacher, so she automatically hated me. <laughs> and then the re- and then there, I had another English teacher who was really ditzy, and I always called her out about it. So <laughs> she's like, I don't like that guy. I had another English teacher who hated me because I played football. I was a jock. She never gave me a chance. Turns out we had a lot. We probably had a lot more in common than she gave me a chance for. Anyways, this other English teacher is always like. Busos, man, that guy's a great kid. He's smart. He knows how to use his words. He's articulate. He knows what, I mean, he's just, I, so she, so I guess she was one of my favorite teachers because she, she, she pushed me to, she pushed, um, she pushed me to write uh, better. She pushed me to read more, which Mm -hmm. helps out now because I read a lot of books now. She pushed me to do, she pushed me to do a lot of things by encouraging, by always like just telling me like, you're so smart. Like, don't, don't waste it. Her and Mr. Campos, my uh, he was my my algebra teacher, but he wasn't he wasn't my favorite because he wasn't so much that he pushed me, but it's because we got along really well. I always got out of doing work by challenging him to chess, and then the oh, rest really? of the class, yeah. So I would challenge him to chess, and he would sometimes I would make it interesting and let him think he was winning, yeah, yeah. and the rest of the class would just sit around and watch. So we'd all get out of doing algebra. I hate math. <laughs> I hate algebra with a passion. So I would like, hey, Mr. Campos, what do you say? Um, 
what do you say I beat you in chess again today? <laughs> and he's like, you're not going to beat me this time, Bustos. I'm like, okay. And I let him start winning a little bit. Then, like, I'd kind of, like, lead him into into a few traps. And, and then I'd, like, and then I'd come back and I'd win. And I'd take the entire 90-minute class, 90-minute yeah, yeah, yeah. blocks. strategic. Yeah, you thinking so, for long periods of time. Exactly, which is which also helped now with what I with what we do you know I'm always three or four steps ahead five steps ahead of, of critical thinker exactly not a lot so, of people are taught to be a critical thinker well I didn't even realize I was learning to do it at the time yeah. so those two teachers really helped me out uh really helped me my English teacher Miss Garza Garcia helped me be articulate and help me express myself so that way when I'm doing these negotiations uh -huh. like I realize that I'm saying a lot of stuff that not a lot of people think to say and with him, I played chess a lot. What was and his he, name? Mr. Campos. Campos. And he actually ended up being my college algebra teacher. He oh, went really? back to school, <laughs> got his degree to, to teach college, and he ended up being... But I failed college mm -hmm. algebra because he was like, nah, you got to do your work here, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't just play... You can't... Yeah, I was like 20, 21 yeah, years old at no the more time. Chess. He's like, nah, we're not going to play chess here. You got to do your work and here. And Juan's so. like, well, checkers? <laughs> it's like checkers something hey you want to talk about family guy that was one of his favorite shows so he was he was like nah you got to do your work here and i ended up failing college algebra which is why i don't have my degree in criminal justice like my full degree in criminal justice yet well, you, you know i'm so good at math if you ever really? want to go back and need some help i don't okay <laughs> no i'm, I'm good at math now. when it comes to percentages and money but algebra yeah. for some reason is just when it comes to the deals man he's like yes yes when it comes to the deals i'm good at calculating like what What's the percentage? Who's getting what? I'll figure yeah. that out. Yeah, I'll figure out real quick what my payday is going to be like One that, too. One X is your paid. <laughs> exactly. I'll there you go. Yeah. yeah, I'll figure that out real quick, too. But um, those were a couple of my favorite teachers. Not so much because, you know, oh, because they, they taught me outside of the educational system without me realizing that they were teaching me. So I think that's why they, they had a huge impact on my life. Oh, awesome. So, well, hey, man. Yeah. And, and what was your kindergarten teacher's name? Frifra? Oh yeah, Miss Fifra. Fifra, yes. Awesome. Was that her real name, or is that just how you pronounce that's, it? That's that the way I pronounce it because I couldn't now. pronounce it, and like for the rest of my life, that's how I remember it because awesome. I can never say her name right. Yeah. Miss well, Fifra. I thought this was an awesome episode. I think we went over some really cool stuff. And uh, so, Mitzi, how can people find you, interact with you, and uh, that kind of thing? Where where can they find you? Um, my Facebook page, Mitzi Diane. D it's M-I-T-Z-I-D-Y-A-N-E. I noticed at the event yesterday, my name was so Mitzi. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Well, we'll get it um, right on here. We'll yeah. get it right. <laughs> and uh, um, you can call me, 210-960-5451. Uh, or you can email me at swiftcellproperties at gmail.com. And it's like Taylor Swift. S-W-I-F-T-S-E-L-L, -L, properties is plural, at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for uh, gracing us and giving us some great feedback. There's some really good ones. I'm excited about what we're going to uh, cut together here. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the too. opportunity. Yeah. And then y'all can, if you can like, comment, share on this video, uh, definitely put some questions in the comments. Mitzi will go back, Juan will go back, I'll go back. We'll make sure to answer those questions and we'll also take those questions and answer them on future episodes. So thank you for watching and uh, give, us some, give us some good insights in what you're doing. Thank you. Have a good day. This is gonna make the negotiation process a heck of a lot easier, guys.
Negotiation is extremely important because it's what's going to separate you from 90% of the real estate community. It's going to put you in the position to win. Purchase this thing, take a look at it, let me know what you guys think about it, give us some constructive criticism, and uh, yeah man, as soon as we're done getting to it, you guys are going to just change your whole world.